0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Metaphysical. In part one of our deep dive into the Dragon's Triangle, we talked about evidence of ancient civilizations, a supernormal samurai disappearing ghost ships in Kublai Khan. But that was really just the beginning when it comes to legends, mysteries and remote viewing data on this fascinating area off the coast of Japan. Did you know there are strange cryptids and powerful beings that reportedly lurk in the waters? I mean, it's called the Dragon's Triangle for a reason. So want to hear what that reason is and the story of the Dragon King? Well, join a remote viewer, John Vivanco, and me, investigative researcher, Rob Counts, for a show that's out of this world.
1: Yeah, and are you listening to the Metaphysical Podcast or watching us on a video platform? Well, if you are, please leave us a five-star rating and review to help us reach even more people. And make sure you like and subscribe wherever you're watching, listening, whatever john how you doing good good this is this is like this is good stuff this This is great stuff because reason why it's so great is because it's getting weird and (laughs) and i want this to get weirder so this this show is gonna go like extremely weird full weird fully weird full weird that's right so the the
0: the, the thing that's so interesting about, you know, this opening that we just read is is really I always get really interested as soon as legends and cryptids start getting brought up. And we're talking about dragons here. So what's actually going on? I mean, it, w- what is this legend that there are dragons under the devil's sea? Do you know anything about this, John? Oh, I mean, I've heard of them. I've heard of them. and And I have a weird theory that we'll get to later. Interesting. Okay. Awesome. So apparently these dragons attack sea vessels passing by to satiate their hunger, churning up waves, whirlpools, thick fog, which are associated with dragons and sudden storms. These stories originated around 1000 BC, according to some sources. Now what's interesting is the Chinese dragon is not known to be an evil type of dragon. These are divine beings like gods or something that they often see when meaning they're righteous in nature. So what they're talking about, this is really interesting. This is could potentially be something else or it could just be, you know, beings that are are dealing fate. I don't really know.
1: Yeah, I mean, too, it's like you get to the Dragon's Triangle and all the volcanoes, seismic activity, electromagnetic disturbances that you find there. The, you know, typhoons, birthplace of typhoons in the area. Um, you're going to have a lot of, I mean, here's the thing, you know, when we get to, um, modern historians and academics, they're going to take this story about dragons and just turn it into, well, you know, we're a lot smarter now and, exactly, they, and, uh, they really didn't know what was happening. And so they just called it a dragon. That's, that's it. But is there something behind it? I mean, come on. Is there something behind it? That's what we want to know. That's what we want to know.
0: That's what that's what this show needs to find out for sure. So in in 1944, a Japanese pilot named Toshiaki Lang saw a huge sea monster as he traversed the Devil's Sea during an aerial battle. So from the plane, the serpent like monster swam through the waters quickly, its head out of the water. Now, It had two huge triangular wings that helped it navigate through the churning waters. It was about 150 feet long. That is a bizarre sounding sea monster. And according to some sources, as many as 700 dragons, I guessed. Oh, no, sorry. According to some sources, as many as 700 dragons lives were lost in the area between 1952 and 1954. that's
1: a tremendous amount of lives. That's weird, right I mean that's <clears throat> that's like um, um, it just kind of reminds me of like cryptids that show up in areas and disappearances that start happening in areas and, and I don't know of any other locations other than this area <clears throat> where we've heard of dragons under the water under the sea. I mean could could this be, could this be a, I don't know, a, a, one of those dinosaur sharks? What, what was it? Megadon? Megalodon? Megalodon, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's things under the ocean. See, there are things under the ocean that are absolutely unknown. And you're getting close to the Mariana Trench right here as well. Um <laughs> But we're not just talking about the physical, right? the material side of things. We're talking about this area, I do believe, is a portal to another location. That's what I think. That's, that's based off the, a lot of the data I've seen.
0: Well, and, and we've got some type of interdimensional travelers based off of our last episode. If you didn't see our episode before this, please go check that out because there's a very strange... Um story what was it called the the ship called again John the... uh it was called the uhsuro Utsuro suruni
1: Utsuro yeah,
0: yeah, I mean yeah we're,
1: so, some type of craft washed up to shore was, and and yeah whole story right. about it it was yeah, I mean, you know, it was just basically traveling through dimensions in the devil's triangle <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's it, these stories the dragon stories are interesting because th- th- where in Western culture do the dragon stories coalesce? We usually find them typically in, in Eastern cultures, right? There's not a whole lot in the Western cultures. It's not huge. Um, I don't know. It's not a huge what cultural yeah, like
0: like King Arthur, fire-breathing dragons. So, knights, so there
1: were some, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, definitely. But they're a completely different type of dragon. I mean, you're talking about some type of monster thing in the West. And then you've got these mystical divine dragons in the East. And there's just no there was just no other word for it. So they called them the same things. Right, right. right. Um, they're very, very different. And, you know, yeah. you've, you've got like it, it, there's and there's also different lore around them. Right. I mean, the the dragon that you hear about in like the Hobbit books and in the films of these dragons that become that lust after gold and sit on. On treasure for a long period of time, the, these are the stories that were passed down for a very long time in our culture. Right. And they're smog right there. Um, but, but out there in the, in the East, you know, you've just got seeing one of those was a blessing and, right, and you'd often find something like, actually, I believe that they, they even believed that it was the dragons that brought the fog in. Like if there was fog, there was some type of mystical thing going on in the area and you might even see it there were water dragons there were air dragons there were all kinds the naga. Of... yeah and then and then there's the the naga you've got beings that had human bodies and serpent you know basically human tops serpent you know legs basically that that people had known about for a really long time yeah in different cultures in Asia too not just one. Yeah, yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah. Um. So, in located in Uchiura Bay in Hok- Hokkaido, Japan, there was an octopus monster. I guess. Like a kraken. <clears throat> I guess so. Now we talked about this in in the Seas series right. uh, that's on Rise TV from from Edge Wonder. That series covers cryptids of the abyss being spotted for millennia, you know, um, even worshipped and and the occult mysteries hidden in the abyss, like Aleister Crowley and H.P. Lovecraft, um, you know, who who were all over that. Now, Lindsay, maybe you can help me with this, but what I think is so interesting about this account that we were talking about before, uh, where this uh, Toshaki Lang saw the huge sea monster from the air we there was a guy recently who saw he uploaded it he just had his uh, drone out right and he he was on his ship I don't know if it was Loch Ness or another lake I can't remember which he he just uploaded a a show onto or a, a video clip onto YouTube innocently and then everyone started being like yo dude there's something in the water and so he caught on his drone something in the sea that looked like the Loch Ness monster. Oh yeah. Really, really interesting video. Have you seen that John? I haven't
1: seen it. No, but, but I, I believe it because, you know, we've, we've looked at some of these supposed things in lakes like Loch Ness and, uh, Lake Champlain and locations like that where there are legends around it. And we find that people are, are trying to trick other people, but we also find that there's something real you know, so where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and these are like holdovers, um, dinosaurs uh plesiosaurs you know exactly yeah. and i want to get
0: your reaction we we pulled this video up lindsay's found it and i want you to take a look at this john and tell me what you think cuz this is the i think this is the best footage of something in the water we've ever anyone's ever gotten it's like it's like that that video footage of bigfoot you always wish someone got <laughs> Now, watch as it gets closer. Oh yeah, look at that. Yep.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's crazy.
0: Yeah. You can see the body, the long neck, and it looks exactly like a Plesiosaurus.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Wow. yeah,
0: wow. That's serious. Stu- and the, he didn't even know he took this. He was just p- uploading drone footage and everyone right. started commenting on this on this
1: video. Right, right. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah. I, you know, I think that these are um, when you get to these things, I, I do believe that they, they, they've been able to evade for the most part. Um, and they're pure 3D physical things that are living there. But when you get to the dragons, and some of these other things that happen in the devil sea, I think it's a different type of thing, in general. I think it. I think that there is something different going on there um, than when you that what you find around these 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 other creatures. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So actually, I,
0: I totally butchered that when we were talking about that octopus monster. I think it's Akoro Kamu- Kamui. How do you pronounce that, Lindsay? Go ahead. Yeah, that's how I've heard you
1: us uh looked that up before
0: got it okay yeah and so there's a bunch of other sea monsters that have been talked about over there the akug how do you pronounce that Akuguyo, guyo i'm not entirely sure akugyo akugyo. Maybe? akugyo akugyo got it monstrous fish that capsize ships and feast upon the drowning sailors described sometimes as fire breathing wow sometimes described as gigantic ningyo or half fish half human which is a mermaid
1: yeah wow that is the coolest mermaid picture i've ever seen (laughs) oh man it is (laughs) that is awesome
0: it looks like a photo if you combine a japanese woman bigfoot and like a, and a it, it's got
1: shrimp legs, too. Like it's got like little shrimp legs or something. Yeah, <laughs> what the heck? that is an awesome picture. <laughs> so. And so
0: um <clears throat> the uh, I believe this is pronounced Ikuchi is a sea serpent entity or spirit located in the east coast of Japan. It's only spotted at night, rearing out of the water and slithering across the top of ships. And it leaves behind an extremely slippery residue of oil, so ships will sink if they don't dump the oil overboard. Hmm. It's weird. Several thousand feet long and slow moving, so it can take several hours or even several days for the whole body to get across the ship. Oh man. And they don't
1: we got, the we got several days to wait before the, the fish gets across the whole ship, guys. <laughs>
0: So have you ever heard of this thing called the Umi Bozu, also known as the Umi Hoshi?
1: I haven't heard of that one.
0: Sea Spirit. And uh, the Sea Spirit, this is in Japan, it appears on calm seas, which quickly turn tumultuous. And it appears at the end of the month and stays above ground for three days. So sailors should avoid going out on the sea and children should stay inside. Wow. Wow, look at that thing. That's weird. Yeah. Some believe these these are fallen dragon deities. Some say they look like gigantic monks or priests on the water. Reports say the spirit destroys the ship when it comes out of the water or demands a barrel from the sailors before drowning them. Reports say that confusing the spirit by giving it a bottomless barrel will allow you to sail away. Hmm. It asks people, am I fearsome? Reports say if you admit you're afraid, it will give you a warning and leave. <laughs> I would totally not be afraid of that thing on the right. Go back one. That just looks like, go back one, Lindsay. What is that? Looks like, yeah, look at that. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. It looks like someone you'd see in the Vatican.
1: Right, it's like you could just put, put your hand on their head while they're swinging at you and they won't even reach you. Yeah, just <laughs> kick it in the stomach. Yeah. Run. <laughs>
0: That guy yeah. on the left, just like, how is he going to move like that?
1: Yeah, these are incredible. This is just.
0: It was a different
1: world back then. I'm telling you, it was a different world.
0: <laughs> yeah, really interesting. Okay, so um, what did there was a there's a dragon, uh, a dragon king palace fable. All right. Right. I kind of want to hear more because you you had alluded to having some juice on this, John.
1: Well, I mean, you know, it's like the Japanese have um, a big fairy tale, supposedly fairy tale called uh, Urashima Taro, which is basically there was a fisherman who was watching a group of children um, like messing with or torturing a small turtle. And so he saved the turtle and put it back to sea. And then the next day, um, a very large, a huge, gigantic turtle came to him and said that, that he saved the princess of uh, the emperor of the sea. So, so he gets taken underwater to, um, to the palace of the dragon god, which is the emperor of the sea, right? This dragon God is the emperor of the sea. So he spends three days there. He sees the baby turtle that's like transformed into a beautiful princess. And, you know, he spends three days there and um, they give him. They, he says he wants to go home finally. And they give him this little box to take with him but he gets back home and he doesn't recognize anything and he doesn't know anybody. And he realizes that he's he's been put 300 years into the future.
0: You another time travel.
1: Yeah. Another time travel story. And so he opens the box up to see what's in there. And this white smoke comes out of it. And he just turned, he turned beard starts growing, turns into an old man and dies very quickly. And what was given to him in his box was his age. So, so it's like, even like, even down to fairy tales with children, you're talking about the gra- the dragon King. know going into the dragon king palace like the the dragon king was the the ruler of the sea ultimately was the ruler of the sea um And and i've never heard of dragons being rulers of the ocean of the sea and being underwater except for these cultures in that area the asian culture yeah yeah the asian culture
0: yeah actually even some like lakes will be governed by the dragons. Right? Yeah.
1: And the yeah. Naga, the Naga were in rivers, they were in lakes and rivers. And when we had viewed the Naga um, with remote viewing, multiple viewers there, they are a real being, they are a being that used to live in the physical world, but crossed dimensions. It's kind of like um, um, a doorway. In the waterways, Mm -hmm. and they mostly reside in a different location now, in a different world, in a different reality. But sometimes they can make their way out. Um, So, when we started to remote view some of this stuff, like for instance, I heard somebody say something about it was, you know, this is not even something that we normally task on with remote viewing when it comes to what other psychic people say about things. But right. it just got my hackles up and I'm going, what is this? What is this? Because there's something really weird about it. So I heard a this psychic and I don't remember who it was, say something like, well, well, whales will, there's this one, there's one portal or there's a number of portals in certain parts of the ocean. I think one of them was in the Mariana Trench, this person said. And whales will use this portal to go to another dimensional aspect of Earth and swim They'll disappear, go through this portal down in the Mariana Trench, and then swim and come out through another portal in another part of the earth. I thought that was really, a, I thought that was a really fascinating idea, right? So I had started to task remote viewers around this idea, reality of the idea, anything to, that I can try and f- suss this out, figure it out, because there's something in that that really struck me as being interesting. And what we saw with it was that whales were from another reality originally, um, and that, that they currently are living sort of split between one world, one dimensional reality and another dimensional reality. And this other dimensional reality, and they know where this is, how to get in and out of it because it's somewhere in the Mariana Trench area, they they live with there are other creatures there some of these creatures are like the naga Mm. and would be like dragons and so when you hear these stories when i hear these stories like a fable a fairy tale of of a person being taken to the dragon king's palace i'm like yeah i know where that is oh yeah he did go to the dragon king's palace this is not a fairy tale or a fable because this is that portal the other world that we had remote viewed a while ago that sits somewhere within the mariana trench so so i do think that these stories these fables so-called fables are are alluding to a time on earth where it's like the whales now we know of whales but if the whales disappeared we'd say they went extinct no they moved completely to the other world well if we lived back then wait the dragons are gone oh the dragons went extinct no they moved back to the other world sometimes some come back but mostly they're over there it's like a lot of the cryptids we run into as well well
0: and uh, and why would they want to come back when the human world is in the state that it's in right now like maybe if things get cleaned up more over here they would actually come back more who knows you know
1: It would be more, I think, you know, it's a, it's a, that's a really funny thing. You know, that you say it's, it's really interesting to me. I think a lot about these days about how, how humans can be very, um, thinking that the world belongs to them. Right. Right. Like, like this world is just us. It's just, it's just me. And, and what if it's just not, what if it's not, what if we're such a small cog in a massive wheel? and but yet every day we live in the drama of the internet of of what other humans are doing so we get this kind of myopic picture that that we are everything and i don't know i don't know why they wouldn't come back here i don't know why are we so powerful that we chase them off
0: that no, they're
1: afraid i don't think it's power
0: i think so Okay, if, if we let's, let's talk about this from history, right? If we look at humans from the perspective of history and what we've been told about how we came about, we were, every single culture separated by thousands and thousands of miles, which is exponentially greater the, the further you go back in history, have all said that humans were created in the image of God out of clay or out right. of sand or out of earth every single one of it's it's bizarre how is that even possible right. unless it was true right at
1: some level right but but that's always been my it's like been my question so when you get into like like judgment you know and and the earth being destroyed because of what humans have done i think about all the creatures the other kingdoms that are here and i think well why would they be destroyed maybe they weren't though no i know that's what i'm saying <laughs> Yeah. But i mean there's like that viewpoint like
0: i don't well, but yes understand. so it's like but the idea okay so like let's say that that's true what i yeah. just said right so the human body is actually pretty special then because it's not just a normal body you're not talking about a random animal body like everything in the body was set Yeah, up. there's like
1: a genetic manipulation that's been real fine-tuned for something
0: right it's like there's there's a technology that exists within the body that's greater than potentially anything else that's out there because look at what monks can do look at look at how right. amazing a body can be pushed there's things that, about the body that we don't even know the fact that you can't even use all of your brain what would happen if it all opened up the entire thing right, right? so if if human beings are good like good meaning they're taking care of the earth they're peaceful kind people potentially they're interacting with these things all the time a lot more because they're not a threat right right Like if and all of a sudden, if a culture or a group of people start to like digress a ton and they become less and less moral over time and they're more and more destructive over time, why would these beings visit or be
1: put in a place where they could be harmed or anything like that? There's just no way, right? Yeah, I I I know, I know. And but, you know, it's just it's just really bringing this up for for just like a thought problem or like sure. trying to understand it a little bit, a little bit clearer. I don't even know if if these understandings are correct. Um, right. But I will tell you this, that we see we do see with certain cryptids um, that people argue over um, these things being real like a Bigfoot creature has an ability not just the bigfoot but others has an ability to slip into that other world for a moment so it can't be seen right so so it's like genetically these creatures can s- find these locations like like it th- it's tuned into them to find these locations or or even turn themselves invisible to move into that that other world um and and it's like when the advent of humanity really started to populate that's when we saw that retreat and that's my idea that's when we see these other yes. beings begin to retreat find the out find the portals go to that other place yeah so
0: why know, right just, you're
1: asking I, why yeah it's like I mean, getting sure. away from the humans so i you know and i always think well, you know maybe, but maybe it's not, it not just really? getting away Right, I mean, look at look at the way
0: J.R.R. Tolkien describes that in Lord of the Rings. It's no longer the age of the elves and some of these other creatures. It's the age of humans that that right. come to pass. Like there could be things that are above our pay grade going on. You there know, there are
1: definitely things above yeah. our pay grade going on. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I know, I know, and so I mean, back to it. It's like. All of these stories, like, and you should, you should like, you should like talk about some of these dragon stories because Hmm. when, and keep in mind, like for, for those that are listening, look, these are things that are passed down to, you know, person to person within these civilizations. But what we've seen with it is that they have a a root, a basis as being a, a physical reality, at least at one point. So when you think of it from that standpoint, as opposed to something cultural, like it's a cultural idea, it totally takes on a different meaning.
0: Well, and, and and through research, I've been finding more and more that these stories happened rather than they were made up to make a point. Exactly. Actually happened. Right. You know, and what's cool is that we can have you remote view stuff sometimes and find out, you know, Did it happen? How how much of it happened? How much of it is? Because sometimes stories are just stories are just kind of like merged. Like right now, actually, this might actually upset some people, but I'll just say it anyway. And it's it's like like look at Saint Mary, okay, Mary Magdalene, and then you've got Mary's you've got Mary Jesus's mom. What if over time people just kind of like, think about it. Like Mary is always shown holding a baby, holding a baby. It's baby Jesus, all of that. But actually the Mary Magdalene, like that was just Mary's. I'm sorry. That was just Jesus's mom. Right. But the Mary Magdalene that was like really involved with the entire story. Sorry, the Mary that was really involved with the entire story was Mary Magdalene. So, you know, is it possible that that these two characters just kind of merged into one and it's like yeah. it's fine because it's like whatever mm-hmm. you know, you've you, Mary Mary holding the baby but really Mary Magdalene was the one that was the the one that that followed Jesus
1: and was like holy right. Right. But there's these two separate identities. Yeah. And For this, for serving the story. Right. Yeah, and does it matter that human
0: beings got that wrong or that we're confusing? No, who cares? Right. Like, it does, right. even if you don't believe me right now that that happened or that that's a possibility, it's fine too. I'm just saying we can sometimes merge stories together exactly. or confuse things, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily reduce or lessen the meaning of certain things that we hold
1: to be important because right, exactly. it exactly for a reason right. you know? and and that's why I you know throughout all the stuff that I've ever done on remote viewing and 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 research in order to understand what the remote viewing is saying, what we've always seen is that the ancient documents, whether they're in Asia, India, native peoples across the world, in the United States, they're telling us a physical story. Like they're, they're telling us, giving us information of something physical that happened. It's yeah. not, they're not made up yeah, or made up. Like <sighs> we think we are just exponentially moving upward on a scale of intelligence. Nothing like that has happened. And we're not actually, it's pretty pathetic. No, we're not. Yeah. And so I love looking at these stories because they've got so much meat in them to a person that knows what to look for.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, this story, the Dragon King Palace fable, the legend says that positive water dragon deities live under the sea and in the beautiful palace of the Dragon King. They can rise up to protect the kind hearted and bring retribution upon evildoers. The deities have the power to give mankind powerful gifts, assist humans with their righteous endeavors, allow worthy humans to visit their realm just like the story we were talking about before and prevent unjust deaths. Ocean phenomena like whirlpools, giant waves, and wind can be a sign of the deity's work.
1: That's so interesting. You know, I mean, okay. So for instance, when we looked at the Naga, um, the Naga left because they were fighting with humans. And when we initially looked at the Naga, there was this thing that was coming through and all the data was... They don't like humans. They don't like humans. But if a human is pure, if a human acts in, like, good and humble ways, right, then kind of there needs. are gifts, and the Naga will pay attention. So the, the, there was this division. There was this, like, this this thing where humans began to fight with these creatures, and they left. Well, yeah, that's what's going to happen, right? <laughs> and you know what's what's
0: weird is, you know this story that you told earlier kind of bleeds into the regions around there. I, I think there right. is a, uh, I told you once a couple episodes ago about this show that you got to go check out called Shen Yun, Um oh, where yeah. they're reintroducing the Chinese culture out there to everyone. And, you know, the Chinese culture has been just brutally suppressed actually by the current, um, what do you want to call it? I mean, dictators over there. And um, so this story that was told through the performances basically goes that in a seaside village, a young painter befriends a mysterious maiden and defends her from a band of ruffians. In gratitude, she gives him a magical brush that turns anything it paints into reality. She then flies away, assuming her true form, a silver dragon. Okay, the kind-hearted artist paints... A uh, granary, I guess, for the villagers. I don't know if I pronounced that right. But anyway, suddenly. Granary. Thank you. Like full of grain. Thank you. Okay. But suddenly the thugs return, steal his brush, and knock him into the sea. After being rescued and visiting the underwater Dragon King palace, he returns to his village. There he discovers the greedy ruffian still struggling with the brush, which will not obey an impure heart. Though they try to force the painter's hand, he has a plan, and tricks the ruffians. It's actually quite similar with the like the the different stories about the dragons that they have, and, and them kind of versus like you were just saying them respecting the ones that are pure of heart and all of that.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is good stuff. This is this is, this is it's historical. I mean, this is like a big aspect of this is historical documentation.
0: Right. Okay, so um, the dragon palace or the Ryugu-jo, I don't know if I pronounced that right, is where the dragon god in Japanese tradition resides under the sea. Okay, so the question is, why do things happen in the dragon's triangle? I mean, it's got to be, you know, the vortices thing. Well, yeah. I mean, that's,
1: that's totally like, I mean, like what are the things that can happen? You've got for, for one thing, I mean, it's, it's, it's stuff that we research. It's like, it's like locations that we want to go investigate when you dig into them, you know, the ones on land are their locations that have anomalies occurring, gravitational and electromagnetic, um, places with a lot of energy. Um, those are the locations that you want to investigate if you're a paranormal type researcher, because you're going to find the veils very thin between dimensions. So in my opinion, so the dragon sea and what we've seen is that we've got electromagnetic anomalies, which are known. We've got compasses freaking out like the Bermuda Triangle. We've got these faults rubbing together, some big-time faults. I mean, you get 9.0 earthquakes in that region. That's that's the worst. Right, right. Tsunami Central right there. It's Tsunami Central, right. You've got a lot of energy, tons and tons of energy. Anytime you find a volcano, weird paranormal stuff can happen more often than not. Right. I found
0: this in my research when I was researching portals to hell. Volcanoes <laughs> kept popping when up. Again. I was
1: researching portals to hell. <laughs> Volcanoes kept popping.
0: They kept coming up. It was like yeah, every was- single portal was always near a volcano. There was always the sulfuric smell that you're getting from a volcano. Right. It was just over and over again. I kept finding it. It was a really bizarre thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's this is where you find. But see, I think I think a lot of the stuff like they call it the Devil's Triangle because of the negative, they, they view it as negative-based phenomena. So a lot of the negative-based phenomena um, has to do with the volcanoes erupting. It's got to do with the pumice coming up. It's got to do with the methane. It's got to do with every single scientific thing people can think of when it comes to volcanoes being under the ocean and a ship being over it. Um, so yes, all that stuff's true, but, but the other huge aspect of this is the portal aspect, high electromagnetic activity, gravitational anomalies. Um, I think that this place is more strange than the Bermuda triangle. I think there are more things going on here in this location than there. Clearly, And I think, and I think that, that this is where you actually are going to find the truly bizarre, Windows to other worlds, um, the Surobune, the f- like f- like interdimensional incense pot. You know, I mean, these things, these things, like when we look at this area, are are moving in and out of this area because of um, the electromagnetic, gravitational, et cetera, the portals that are that are appearing and disappearing in that area. But then you have what I think is a more of a consistent portal sitting close to or in the Mariana Trench.
0: Yeah, that Mariana Trench is, I mean, it's bizarre. Like, I I know, I mean, a lot of people are fascinated with it for, I mean, a hole that's deeper than Mount Everest. You know, like, that is a strange concept. What's down there? I mean... (laughs) Really? Seriously? What's down there? I mean, so, Lindsay, can you pull up? I'd like you to pull up a map showing the Pacific coast of the United States and um, China at the same time. So that middle area where the Pacific Ocean is. um, I'd like to take a look at that because I want to see how close this area also is to Hawaii and some of these other um, islands that are out there. Because all like all across the Pacific, I mean, there's not as many weird things happening at the Atlantic as there are between the Pacific and you, you know all of the sorry the countries on the Pacific. And you can zoom in here a little bit if you could. And there's Hawaii out there in the middle of the. Right there, yeah. Interesting.
1: I think, I think one of the most interesting things you can do is, is look at a seismic map of the ocean off Japan. Um, yeah. To me, that shows all the power of the place. Even though that's like a physical material thing, those plates rubbing together yeah. the, the gravitational anomalies that these masses, different masses are causing, as well as the fact that you have different currents swirling and hitting each other there you're you've got a lot of energy you've got you've got the makeup for portals basically you've got that's every kind that. of potential energy that
0: the earth has right. to offer in that area right right wind a- under under the ground and above right so that's the philippine
1: plate there yeah and you've got the pacific plate hitting up against you know the the one that took out the, the tsunamis that took out the fukushima reactor we're earthquakes right on the Pacific plate and Pacific plate is a heavy mover. Mm. Very interesting.
0: Well, that was a uh, also a really super interesting episode. <clears throat> um, I keep getting asked what's on my shirt. So uh, you guys, it's the American dream son of a plumber. Because I actually am the son of a plumber, and this is a very famous shirt. It was worn by the great Dusty Rhodes, who was uh, a wrestler back when I was a kid. You didn't know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> You've never watched wrestling, John? I don't know. I don't know anything about that shirt. You Dusty Rhodes? No, this was this was a really famous shirt he used to wear while he was wrestling.
1: Oh, okay, all right. Oh, there it is. That is that is awesome.
0: There's some (laughs) better. uh, There's some better footage of him wearing the shirt uh, when he was a young guy, where he's with his buddies, and it's really funny. But um, yeah, it's a pretty classic shirt. Oh man. Anyway, you guys, um, hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Uh yeah, these two episodes, such a fascinating area. Um you know, when we first started talking about this area, and I talked to you, and you were just sounded really confused, and I was like, Oh, it sounds like he didn't really find very much in this area. That's too bad. But after <laughs> after shooting these episodes, I realized the the confusion came from like, I don't even know what to make of this place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well um thanks for being with you john Lindsay, thanks for everything you do and um hope you all <laughs> enjoyed this episode and thought it was as out of this world as we did see you next time <laughs>